Hi, I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and welcome back to Healing Quest, your healthy lifestyle show. Now, our focus is energy medicine, integrative health, and the latest in natural ways to help us achieve that optimum well-being we're all looking for. Now, one big challenge in the world of natural health is determining what's true and what's false when it comes to the products, treatments, and, and the options flowing into the marketplace these days. One thing Judy and I always look for in evaluating a natural health product is what kind of research has been done to back up their marketing claims. Funding careful evidence-based research is expensive, and that's why we continue to be impressed at what Just Thrive Probiotics is doing in the critical area of digestive and immune health. In the last several years, we've talked frequently about studies they've conducted, so it seemed like a good time to get an update. As a result, we've asked Kieran Krishnan, the Chief Science Officer for Just Thrive, to join us now via Zoom. Hi, Kieran. Hi, Judy. Hi, Roy. Great to be with you guys. Just to give us an overall perspective about how many studies in the past six years Just Thrive has actually funded um, in whole or in part, what kind of financial investment does that entail? So studies aren't cheap, even even when you know how to do really efficient, clever studies, which is kind of what I honed my craft in in the science world over the last 20 years, um, you know, we've probably invested over two and a half, three million dollars in research. Um, and, and that's, you know, each, you take an average clinical trial, right? Your, your average human clinical trial costs somewhere around two to five thousand dollars per patient. So if you're thinking about a small trial of 10 patients, right, you're looking at a cost of somewhere around twenty-five dollars to $50,000 for a small, tiny trial. And more often than not, those kind of sizes of trials, you know, are trials that are just proof of concepts because you really don't have enough patients in that trial to conclude anything significant. You're just looking for trends. So just exploring effects can cost $50,000. And you may do a bunch of those and find no effect. So you might just be spending $50,000 at a time just uh, trying to figure out if your product has uh, a set effect and it doesn't necessarily have it. So often with research, the big risk, uh, which is a risk that every company has to take, in my opinion, is that you may spend a lot of money to prove that your product doesn't really work the way you think. You know, and so, um, but that's the nature of science, right? And so, um, some of the larger studies that we do, the 200 patient studies, the 90 patient studies, those are half a million dollar trials on their own. Well, and you've been quoted as saying that, that 99% of companies with products on retail shelves conduct no research at all. Is that right. quote accurate? It is. Yeah, it, it is my, my estimate. I haven't, of course, surveyed every company out there and done a statistical analysis, but it's an estimate just from being in the industry for the last 20 years and knowing most of the companies and looking at all the products that are out there. You find very, very few products where the companies that sell the products actually have research behind the product. Now, what is more common is that companies will use uh, a few researched ingredients and put it together. And the assumption is that when you put it together, it works uh, the way it should. And that can, that can be true with, with micronutrients, like, for example, with vitamins or certain herbs. If you know the mechanism of action of those herbs and all that, you kind of put them together in a clever way um, where, you, where they are complementary mechanisms of actions. You can, 
you can, uh, you know, scientifically with a good, strong rationale, put it together and say, okay, this combination is going to be beneficial. Um, and that's great. That's, that's one way of doing things in a validated way. But when it comes to things like probiotics, where the mechanism of action is not really that well known, and when you don't really know what these living organisms or these bacteria are going to be doing in the system, just throwing a whole bunch of them together at some arbitrary dose is really nonsensical. You know, and that's where things really fall apart. So in the probiotic space, it's absolutely true that in the probiotic space, 99% of the companies that I've seen do not do any research on their final product uh, to validate that their final formulation that they've put together has any effect in the body at all. So I think what I'm hearing you say is that they may have cited research about a particular ingredient that's in that that supplement, but not necessarily the outcome of what their particular supplement is going to deliver. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The formulation, the final thing that the consumer is actually consuming. You know, the companies that continue to do these, what I call kitchen sink formulas where they're literally, literally throwing everything in but the kitchen sink and, um, and, and picking an arbitrary dose of 100 billion CFUs, 50 billion or 90 billion, and then making huge assumptions about what that product actually can do in your system without doing any studies testing it. Well, if you're just joining us, I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. You're listening to Healing Quest, and we're talking with Karen Krishnan, the Chief Science Officer for Just Thrive Probiotics, about their ongoing commitment to funding research in the critical area of digestive and immune health. So, Karen, of of the studies that Just Thrive has completed and published so far, and that's a a big thing, publishing, which of them stand out in your mind as some of the most important? You know, the very first one that, that we did, was, which is a leaky gut study, that is the foundation for everything that stems from that, right? So since then, we've done others, but that is the foundation because we know that leaky gut is a major driver of immune and other dysfunctions in the body. It's a huge source of chronic low-grade inflammation. It's a major driver of um, dysfunction, not only in your immune system, but in your microbiome itself. Um, it causes inflammation in the microbiome itself that then translates to the rest of the body. And there's loads and loads of studies, even from huge um, institutions like the American Diabetic Association, the NIH, that shows the role of leaky gut in the pathogenesis of chronic illness. So our big goal when we first started was, how do we solve this leaky gut problem? If we can solve that as an underlying factor, then we can probably make much bigger improvements on all other functions of the body. And so that, to me, is the most profound. And in fact, that study got published uh, in the World Journal of Gastrointestinal Pathophysiology, a pretty well-known major GI journal uh, with a very easy-to-say name, as you can see, (laughs) that rolls right off the tongue. And, and it got published as a frontier paper because it was a one-of-a-kind discovery that a probiotic, especially a spore-based probiotic, has this capability of significantly reducing this leaky gut. Um, so that was the foundation. Now that we knew that we can, we can improve leaky gut, then we started studying other things, including some of the two most recent studies that we published. And these were published in the last um, couple months, actually. You know, the first one was uh, one of the ones is triglycerides. Right. So, and we saw this in our original leaky gut study where we saw 
a significant reduction in triglycerides in the subjects, and they didn't even have elevated levels of triglycerides per the current standard. So we saw that as a real um, exciting feature because one of the things that occurs with leaky gut is the liver takes on lots of toxicity, right? The stuff that leaks through, through your, past your intestinal lining into your circulation in large part ends up in the liver first. And then the liver has the job of trying to clear those, that stuff from your circulation so it doesn't impact your body as significantly. And so then the liver goes through lots of toxicity. And as the liver is going through this kind of toxicity, it's getting damaged. And then it, it develops fat, liver fat. That's the way it protects itself. And that liver fat can be found in circulation as triglycerides. Well, you know, we've talked about triglycerides before, but just remind our listeners about how much of a danger they really are to our health. Triglycerides are a risk factor for all kinds of conditions. Things like cardiovascular disease, metabolic syndrome, so diabetes, dementia, uh, Alzheimer's, all of these kind of chronic inflammatory conditions are, um, are correlated with elevated triglycerides. Okay. Uh, and, so, and again, because it speaks to the toxicity in the body, it speaks to the inflammation that the liver is going through and the damage that the liver is facing. Two things that are becoming chronic issues in the Western world are non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and non-alcoholic steatohepatitis. So these are significant liver dysfunctions that are being driven by toxicity in the system. And those are then connected to the vast majority of chronic illnesses you can think about, right? Everything under metabolic syndrome, cardiovascular disease, all the various types of cancers and so on. So those become really important risk factors that people need to start looking at and need to start getting themselves checked out for. So we became very interested in this idea that the, the, the probiotic that can improve this leaky gut issue also seems to have an ability to reduce triglycerides, which indicates that it's taking load off the liver, right? So then we looked at it two different ways. We said, okay, we want to study this in people with elevated triglycerides. We know it can reduce it in people with non-elevated triglycerides, but what about people whose triglycerides are already too high? Can we actually bring it down? And then the second thing we wanted to study is if it can reduce the load on the liver and that is indicated by reduced triglycerides, can it also protect the liver if we specifically induce toxicity to the liver? So those are the two most recent studies we published. And Kieran, let us just say congratulations on that. I mean, we know that publishing clinical research is no small accomplishment. So what did your study show? The first one, the triglyceride one, is a human study. It's a 90-day, 90 90-person 90 study, right? And that, those are very expensive studies. Uh, we talked about some of the costs of studies. Uh, that's a very expensive study to do. But what we saw in that study that just published um, was that we saw a very significant reduction in triglyceride levels in 90 days in these individuals, higher than any other compound has been shown. Um, I think at the end of the 90 days, the reduction is almost 38%. So that is, that's a massive reduction. So now we've shown not only will it reduce the triglycerides in, in individuals with non-elevated levels, but it does so in individuals already with elevated levels so whose livers and all that are already going through uh, negative impact. Then on the animal side, we did another study where you specifically induce toxicity in the liver by overdosing acetaminophen. 
right? So acetaminophen is a painkiller that we all use or have used at some point, but you can create liver damage specifically in these mice by overdosing it. We saw a protection against all of that when you gave the mice acetaminophen and you gave them the spores. So the spores provided a significant amount of protection against induced toxicity in the liver as well. So just looking at that in general, both of those studies being published at the same time, um, essentially the same time, within weeks apart, which is just the fortunate thing that happened, it gives you a very specific animal mechanistic study that shows protection on the liver, and then you see the effects in humans as triglycerides. Right, so that those two are quite profound when you look at them together, um, and it's and the spores seem to be protecting one of the most fundamental and important organs in our body, the liver, that is always trying to clean up our blood for us. When you say spores, I just want to clarify for our listeners: you're speaking about the probiotics, the spore-based probiotic. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, exactly. The spore-based probiotic. Thanks, Kieran. We've been speaking with Kieran Krishnan, the Chief Science Officer for Just Thrive Probiotics, about Just Thrive's major investment in digestive and immune health research over the last six years and the highlights of what they've discovered so far. You can learn more about this at JustThriveHealth.com. That's JustThriveHealth.com. Up next, we're going to find out what science says about sauna heat and boosting our immune system. Podcasts of this and other Healing Quest shows are available at our website at HealingQuest.tv. And please follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Healing Quest. We love hearing from you. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorster, and you're listening to Healing Quest on iHeartRadio. Radio. 